0: The first reading is taken from the 16th chapter of Acts. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God, who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days. But Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped, but Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. When he Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he He and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them into the house and set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. Here ends the first reading. We will now read Psalm 97 responsibly The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of the isles be glad. Fire goes before the Lord, burning up enemies on every side. Smile, the, world. The, earth the, mountains. the mountains melt like wax before the Lord of all earth. And of
1: the Lord, and all kings glory.
0: Confounded be all who worship carved images and delight in false gods. Bow down before the Lord, all you gods. Thine, the leaders of and
1: the cities of Judah rejoice because of your judgments of the Lord.
0: For you are the Lord, most high over all of the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. You are the Lord, and God guards the lives of the saints and them from the name of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous and joy for the honest of heart. The second lesson is taken from the 22nd chapter of revelation see i am coming soon my reward is with me to repay according to everyone's work i'm the alpha and the omega the first and the last the beginning and the end blessed are those who wash their robes so that they will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates it is i jesus who sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let everyone who hears say, Come. And let everyone who is thirsty, Come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. The one who testifies to these things say, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. Here ends the second reading.
2: If you are able, please rise for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Congregation may be seated. I'd like to invite the children down for a moment. All right, good morning, boys and girls. How are you? Doing well? Are you excited for your last week of school? You are. You don't have to lie. Some of you can say, ah, I wish we had more school. We're not. No? Okay. Well, today is an exciting day. Um, We celebrate what is known as the Rite of Confirmation. And there's another name for this and that's called affirmation of baptism. So in just a little while, um, some of these young adults, just a few years younger than you, will come forward and publicly profess their faith. Um, They're gonna also promise to to do the things that their parents and sponsors had promised for them when they were baptized. Now, two of you here, um, David and Carly, I baptized. Uh, The others, I did not. But when you're baptized, it is a promise that God makes to love you no matter what, Carly, no matter what happens in life, no matter where you lay down in church or in school or wherever, that you are God's beloved child. And as a symbol of this, we pour the water onto people's heads. In some churches, they dunk people all the way under the water. And one of my mentors, this is a pastor uh, who is very um, dear to my heart, he always would talk about remembering your baptism, right? So whenever you're having a rough day, you can remember that you're baptized. You can remember that you're God's beloved child. And anytime there was water around, like if it started raining, he would say, oh, what a great chance to remember our baptism. And, and I remember once um, he was coming from the gym, and I said, where are you going? He had just come from, from exercising And he said, I'm going to remember my baptism. And he was actually going to take a shower, (laughs) right? So in the pool this summer, I know some of you I see at the swimming pool down here in town, when you take a bath or shower at night, when it rains, do you guys ever play with super soaker water guns or throw water balloons, right? Or go down a slip and slide, like we'll have a vacation Bible school in a few weeks. Anytime there's water, if you go to the beach this summer, it's a chance To remember your baptism and to remember that you are a beloved child of God and now just so you can have a reminder right now I hope I don't spill it I'm going to give you all a little reminder that you are a beloved child of God that you are baptized and that God has promised to be with you always all right that wasn't too bad right Evian. Let's say a quick prayer together. Dear God, I thank you for these wonderful children, for their gifts of faithfulness and love. I pray, Lord, that you will help all of us to remember the gift of baptism and to remember that Christ, our Lord, is with us always. And it is in his holy name that we pray. Amen. Okay, thanks, boys and girls. MC) Grace and peace to you in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Certainly, thanks be to God for this glorious day. The last time we had confirmation here at Good Shepherd was on October 27th, 2019. That was Reformation Sunday. That was back in the before times long ago when most people were not familiar with words and phrases such as coronavirus, social distancing, and lockdown. In addition to the pandemic, this year's confirmation class had to contend with many other obstacles, including an absentee pastor. Shortly after the pandemic began, Pastor Dave left for an extended sightseeing tour of Bahrain, which lasted for nearly a year, Nevertheless, the Lord provided and our students were able to begin their confirmation studies with vicar Elizabeth Peter, um, now pastor Elizabeth Peter, to whom we are all very grateful. After a short summer break, our students got back to work last fall diligently studying and learning the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, and the Ten Commandments. They learned about Martin Luther, and the historical period known as the Reformation. We even went into modern times, studying the life and witness of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German pastor and theologian who was killed during World War II because of his resistance to the Nazi regime. And while we did not read the Bible cover to cover, the students learned about our book of faith and how it can guide them through all the ups and downs of life. This past year, we usually met twice a month. We would begin each class with the sharing of highs and lows, when each student would share about something good and about something challenging that they had recently experienced. A few weeks ago, we even went on a spiritual pilgrimage to the ashram just south of Liverpool. Some people might say it was just a hike up a mountain, but I like to call it a spiritual pilgrimage during which we contemplated God's presence in the beauty and grandeur of creation. Nearly every time we met over this past year, I emphasized two points to our students concerning faith. First, that the Christian faith is meant to be our daily bread and not a cake for special occasions. And you all know how much I love cake. (laughs) But every day of our lives, we need nourishment, We need sustenance that strengthens us for the challenges we face. Confirmance, let your relationship with Jesus, the relationship that began when you were baptized so many years ago, be your daily bread today and in the years ahead. Secondly, I emphasize that faith is like going to the gym. If you go to the gym once a year on January 1st and don't do any exercise for the other 364 days of the year, you won't be getting much out of it. But if you exercise regularly, walking or running or lifting weights or practicing yoga, two or three times a week, the results will be noticeable. You will be in good health. You'll be full of energy and you will be strong enough to lend a hand to a neighbor in need. Christians who attend worship once or twice a year, or read their Bible once or twice a year, or volunteer every couple of years, they're not bad people, but they are probably not getting much out of it. So I encourage you to stay on the path you are on by exercising your faith on a regular basis. Unfortunately, some people view confirmation like a high school graduation. And don't get me wrong, graduating from high school is very important. And my hope is that years from now, you will look back fondly on your high school days. But after you graduate from high school, you're unlikely to go back inside the building. I graduated from high school 23 years ago, and I haven't been back inside the building once. I do drive by my old high school from time to time, and remember those years before my hairline started receding. (laughs) But after graduating from high school, you move on to the next chapter in life. There were some kids in my confirmation class who stopped attending church after they were confirmed. I guess they viewed it like a graduation. I'm sure that they're not bad people, but boy, are they missing out. They're missing out on joyful worship. They missed out on the fellowship and community service that came from our church and being part of a community of faith. They missed out on the rich spiritual and personal growth that comes from following Jesus. I think of confirmation a little bit more like a citizenship ceremony. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. Uh, Many of you here know that my wife received her American citizenship back in November of 2019. That was the first citizenship ceremony I attended and it was very moving. You had people from all over the world, different backgrounds, young and old, men and women, all publicly vowing to uphold our nation's ideals of liberty, democracy, and equality. We sang the national anthem, they played Lee Greenwood's song, God Bless the USA, if you know that one. It was, it was very moving. And then when the ceremony was over, they had volunteers who assisted the new citizens register to vote. And the message was, now that you're a citizen of this nation, now the work begins. So I think confirmation is more like a citizenship ceremony, and this is why. From the moment you were baptized... You are a Christian. When a person is washed with the water and the word, God joins that person in a mystical union with Christ. Baptism is a public declaration that you are God's beloved child and that no matter what happens in life, good or bad, God promises to be with you. Some Christians don't live into their baptisms, unfortunately. They are not grounded in the water and the word and they miss out. When you become an American citizen, either by birth or naturalization, that's it. You're an American citizen for the rest of your life with all the rights and privileges that our citizenship bestows. But sadly, some people don't do much with that gift. They don't vote, they don't serve the community, they don't know who their members of Congress are, they cheat on their taxes, They haven't bothered to learn about the complexities of American history. In effect, they have squandered something valuable. Today, as we celebrate the rite of confirmation, these wonderful young adults are affirming the vows made by their parents at baptism. In effect, they are publicly declaring their desire to continue in the Christian way of life, to grow as disciples of Jesus and committing to proclaim the good news of God through their words and deeds. They are claiming God's promise and turning to God for direction, purpose, and nourishment. Today is a celebration, and it is a joyous day, despite the fact that these are very difficult times. It has been a very tough two weeks for our nation Uh, with the tragedies in Texas and Buffalo, New York. And what I wanted to say, especially to our confirmation students and also to um, any other young uh, students and young adults we have with us today, is that you don't have to accept the world the way that it is now. We are all born into a world in which many things are beyond our control. That was true. That's true for people who are 100 years old, true for people who are in their 70s, true for people my age. When we are born into the world, we are born into a world that is beyond our control. But that does not mean we have to accept things the way that they are. That does not mean we have to take the world as it is without asking questions, without struggling and fighting for what is right and what is good and what is beautiful and what is true. The day will come in just a few years when not only will you be graduating from high school, um, but you will be also able to vote young adults. You will be able to participate in our government, to elect leaders that reflect your views. You will be able to encourage your leaders to make policies, Uh, for the good and well-being of our nation, our communities, and for the earth. That does not mean that in the meantime, you have to sit around doing nothing. Um, Even now, you have a voice. Uh, God has given you a voice, and God has given you the ability to work for change in this world. Now, I do not have all the answers, Um, and perhaps no one does. The challenges we face are many. But it is going to take people with courage, people who know that they are loved and forgiven by God to bring the love and forgiveness into the world that we so desperately need at this time. In this morning's gospel story, Paul and Silas saw a young woman uh, who was being exploited. She was a slave and she was being exploited for her ability to tell fortunes and was making a lot of money for her owners. And when Paul and Silas saw that, they said, this is not right, and we're going to put an end to this, right? And they faced some difficult, uh, they faced some, some consequences and repercussions for this, eventually being put in prison, but they were later vindicated by God. Um, the prison was, was opened, and they were able to go free and continue to go about preaching the word. So, Young adults, contramands, I encourage you and remind you that it is tough at times. Um, it will be tough to make the changes that this world needs. But over this past year, I've got the chance to spend a lot of time with you. And spending time with you young people, it gives me hope. It gives me hope. And I believe that you can make this world a better place for Jesus and for all of God's children everywhere. And the fact is this. Is that right now, confirmation students? I don't know if any of you have your driver's license. Do any of you have your driver's license yet? Nick is working on it. Nick and Leah, they don't have it yet, right? But right now, all of you confirmation students, your parents are driving you around. Isn't that true? They're chauffeuring you around, right? And they love it. I'm sure we all, all the parents love doing that. But the fact of the matter is, in a few years, you're going to be driving and in a few years after that you're going to say mom and dad it's time for you to give me your car keys because you can't be driving anymore <laughs> that's of course unless we have self driving teslas everywhere i don't know what the future's going to bring but my point is is that we are going to hand over the church to you one day you will be the leaders of the church whether the the lay leaders whether you have received a call to do some kind of ministry in a formal capacity, we will hand over the church to you. We will hand over our institutions of government, the schools, everything, uh, because you are going to be the leaders of the future. So this is why I'm so excited today, that in just a short time, you all will stand up to publicly declare your desire to follow Jesus and to bring his love into the world. May God send healing and comfort to our nation, to every place in the world experiencing hardship and suffering, and may God continue to bless us with everything that we need. I wish you all a blessed week. Amen.